definition of smashes, thank God, people have been sleepless since Friday night. We finally know who the best stall fighter delayer in the Ultimate Fighter house was, and Roy Nelson is probably a little thinner today than he was Saturday. It's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage. I'm here with Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? I'm. I had an eventful weekend. I'm doing good. I'm. I'm recovering. Yeah. Uh, tonight on the in listeners are probably very curious what I'm drinking, and I've changed it up because I, I started with a whiskey. Tonight is red wine. So what does uh, red wine do to you? Usually, just uh, gives me a nice, relaxing, thicker is feel. That, it makes me feel warm inside. Is that your mellow? Yes. Yes, it's my chill out drink. So then what does beer uh, do to you? Speeds up uh, <laughs> a lot of the aggressive qualities, which is a great way to transition into some fights. Uh, we're going to cover some smashes. We're going to talk about why you're going to have to do some of the heavier lifting as we review these and just some things around MMA. We're going to talk about our current fight with Twitter. Yep. And we'll finish it up with a brand new segment called Jokes That Raf Wrote or Raf's Jokes. We're not we're not sure on a name yet. You tell us. But tweet us. Yeah, you tell us. You let us know what you think. Raf's Jokes or Jokes That Raf Wrote. Your name really works well for uh, limericks. I, you know, I, I like to think that too. My name works for a lot of things. Yeah, your your name is a, it's a very versatile name. It's a versatile category. name. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, review the fights. Raf, do you uh, mind telling us what happened? Not at all, but I know everybody here is waiting on pins and needles to find out why they referred to the international installment of The Ultimate Fighter as the Smashes. Are, are you ready we were, for it? We were curious. We did ask this in the last podcast. Uh, you were just amused with all Get Out that they called it Smashes. And we were, why do they do that? So Raf sought out and did a little bit of research, mostly for his own entertainment, but what did you find? Uh, According to a very reliable Wikipedia entry, uh, the reason this was called The Smashes is it is a play on a 130-year-old cricket rivalry between England and Australia. Yep. Hold your... Excitement. Contain it, please. A hundred-year-old cricket metaphor, essentially. Yeah, and I love the fact that they decided, well, uh, what do we do in this fight game? We hit people, so take ashes and put smashes on that. And then, if we really want to go ahead and expand it, next time we'll call it Super Smash Brothers. Do you think that the people of Australia and England understood that metaphor? Understood Uh, that it was alluding to ashes? (laughs) Probably not. Uh, My assumption is just that they're always pretty drunk. (laughs) So there's no way for them to... My inclination would be people were probably like, oh, oh, I guess that, I guess that makes sense. But I can't imagine a lot of them were like, definitely, this is what it is. Or, yeah, I I don't think in any way, shape, or form they were that passionate about it. Um, But just when you hear it as an American, you think... 
that's a stupid name. Like, what's to hold the <laughs> UFC from doing another all the UK installment? Uh, that's, that's a just stupid name. The Ultimate Fighter Governors. <laughs> that's the UFC on Fox Twenty Seven. Yep. Governors. Trademark. I wish it were Governors. I would have understood. <laughs> I think you might be onto something. I know, yeah, it's a half joke, half that might be exactly what they should have done. Or they would have been like, oh, cool, throwing it back. Governors versus Aussie, 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 oi, oi, (laughs) oi. What would they change Governors to, though? Because technically they did alter the name a little bit. Uh, I. I don't know. They, like Govin Bros. Like Govin Bro. He imagined <laughs> like, dude. Uh, what was the accent? No, <laughs> I, I struggle with accents. It's okay. So, what happened at Smashes? Okay, uh, there uh, were a series of fights. Um, it wasn't a great night of fights uh, on this card. There were some uh, highlights, though. Uh, Hector Lombard started off the evening with a devastating knockout how like, devastating oh oh it was uh right afterwards i i posted on our twitter uh verbal tapcast plug that he essentially reminded us what the christmas spirit is all about and it is watching someone get knocked the f out <laughs> because it was it was a great destructive i think it was like a left hand that just Put somebody down, and you were you were just in awe of how great it was. Um, I would highly say if you can go back and watch that that replay, it's it's worth your time. Uh, let let me actually stop you there real quick yeah. because that's something I'm kind of I'm kind of pissy with the UFC about. Uh, as people are probably noticing, I did not watch the fights, so Rap is kind of having to take us through it. And I didn't watch the fights for a series of circumstances to which none of them were my fault. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just the bar in Arlington I went to on Friday, didn't know the fights. Didn't even know what I was talking about. He was like, what are you, there are no fights, there's no pay-per-view on tonight. I was like, you're right. There is no pay-per-view on tonight. There are free fights. I did say this to a rapper. I go, <laughs> smashes is on. <laughs> kind of hit him like he should know exactly what that was. He's probably he thinking, like, like, dude, we don't have the Australian version of NBC's moderate hit drama Smash, weirdo, <laughs> get out of my bar! Right. <laughs> so struggling on that front already. Uh, Saturday was at a very nice hotel that also did not have the fights. Uh, they Ooh. it was just they turned on Fox and they weren't there. You know, at the scheduled I, time they just weren't there. I can, and I can kind of see this with hotels. Like I've I've had that problem too. Uh, I've actually just like sought out certain places like. Sometimes in order to be a UFC fan, you have to be really, Organized. really good at organizing and scheduling. Yeah. Because They're they have so many fights. They have so many different, like, channels that they're putting them on. My biggest problem right now is the Fuel Network. Why? What did the Fuel Network do? I don't fucking have it, and I'm not going out of my way to ask for it. I don't want to call my cable provider and say, like, hey, dude, can you put on this one channel? Wait, how much is it going to cost me? Another fucking $5? No. <laughs> for Fuel TV that I'm yeah. going to watch for two hours once an effing month? And my uh, old, it's Fuel TV? Yeah, and my old cheating mechanism of, like, watching it on Fox Deportes, the 
Spanish version of Fox Sports. Ole. Ole, indeed. They aren't even playing it now. They're just playing soccer. And you know if they have the choice between soccer and the UFC, they're going to choose soccer. So yeah, that's no contests. It's just enraging <laughs> to the point where every time I want to see the pre-card, I either want it just on Facebook so I can link it up to my TV or just put it on FX. Just put it on FX. And here's the I, – I think we're talking about both sides of this problem because I agree with you, F-Fuel TV. But when is the UFC going to start publishing highlight reels? There's a thing about it like the ESPN always even does for major boxing fights. Do they think we won't watch the fight again or we yeah. won't <laughs> want to see it if we yeah. can just read the results? Like why don't they do what every other major sport in the world does? We'll do a quick – like search in your head. How many times did you see that image of Manny Pacquiao getting knocked out and lying on the floor? A lot. A lot. And sometimes you're lucky if you see a highlight on ESPN of a fight that happened on the UFC. Yeah. And I, I it's got to be something the UFC does, right? Because, of course, ESPN would would highlight some of these fights. Like, yeah. And that's a big complaint I have about widening the sport in general. Make it on the same level. as Just give it a highlight reel so you can reward your fans that can't always be there. Yeah. Because I think they end up just losing people. I think the UFC is just like, hmm, what if basketball did this? It was yeah. like, missed out on 74 of the 82 games this year? <laughs> well, go fuck yourself because we're not replaying it. You either be there or you will catch it in two years at our Greatest Hits right. episode. And it's always infuriating yeah. as a fan because it's like basketball has that shit figured out. They publish, NBA.com publishes everything. Yeah, Everything's free. And it's great because it's like, oh, that looked like an amazing game between the Nuggets and the Spurs. I'm going to keep an eye out, and I'm going to watch that Nuggets team. And for some reason, the UFC has not figured that out yet. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I think they're very sensitive about their their finishes. I think it's because they like that air that, to the casual fan, if you see an UFC unleashed on any like random channel that syndicates it, that it's like a new fight to you. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I've had my friends, like, very nicely because they know I'm a UFC fan, put on UFC Unleashed, which is a highlight clip show, and going like, oh, this is cool. Have you... This is happening right UFC now, Unleashed. right? Yeah. So you're you're completely in agreement with me, then, it sounds like. like. They're really turning people away when they don't show those cool moments in the fight. I think... Like, it, this yeah. one sounds like it would have been a cool knockout fight you're talking about, and I don't get to see it. No, probably not until one of those end-of-the-year things. I also went to Best Buy yesterday, and I saw they package in, like, a $99 uh, deal. Uh, the fights from July 2010 to June 2011. So they put out, like, end-of-the-year package deals that go from, like, summer to summer to try and drum up more business. So maybe that's part of it, too. Interesting, but still seems horribly inefficient. Yeah. It seems like you'd be able to... Drive more YouTube traffic and charge more than you would make in DVD sales and ad revenue. Yeah. Well, what do we know? Was that what? That's a great question. And uh, the proof would say not much. So any other really noteworthy fights on this card? Yeah, I'm going to go down a big little bit. Um, Okay. Norman Park and Colin Fletcher. Now, the hardest part about doing any uh, watching on these fights in particular is if 
first of all, I've given up on the Ultimate Fighter in terms of watching it. Uh, yeah. Just consistently, like I catch it sporadically, but never in like the sequence they want me to. And between Norman Park and Colin Fletcher, well, first of all, they look weird because both of them had tattoos that were insane. Uh, Norman Park had one that I swear to God looked like a geisha with a fan. And like Jade from Mortal Kombat, like a geisha I fan mean, type. Th- I'm talking memoirs of a geisha, geisha, like Ooh, fan choice, fanning themselves and looking at you like, what are you doing here? That's the kind of look <laughs> that he had on the tattoo. So he has that on like one of his like pecs. And on the other side, you had Colin the Freak Show. On one of his show. pecs? Yeah. He has... Okay. And then on the other one, on Colin Fletcher, he had what looked like drag me to hell clawed hands across his shoulders. That sounds terrifying. It's really... Well, that's why he's called the Freak Show. And he's got, like, essentially oh, a spider we on We saw it. these we guys did. on the uh, weigh-ins. Yeah. These guys, we were like, oh, high tattoo probability for psychopath alert. Like, these guys yes. are tatted up. And the whole thing is, they they try and give you a prepackage that tells you about their story and fills you in on all the stuff that you haven't seen about these two. And I could really care less. The The most interesting sure. thing to me between the two of them was that Colin uh, had essentially vampire teeth that look from a Rammstein video. <laughs> and that was that was basically it. The fight was okay. Uh, Fletcher couldn't put on any offense to save any f- part of this fight. Norman Park kind of just walked over him. Um, it wasn't that exciting to me. Yeah. Sounds exactly like we thought it was going to be then. Yeah. Uh, what about the the main event, the Soteropolis? Oh, George Stephanopoulos? Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yes. Uh, I, I will admit to our, our listeners right now, I don't do so well with the names. I think names are hard to pronounce. So if I can't say a name, I come up with a really good nickname, or I just uh, really, really butcher it. So uh, George... With confidence, though. You sell it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got it. Uh, yeah. So George Stephanopoulos uh, was fighting against Ross Pearson. Pearson caught him a few times in the first couple rounds and basically was wobbling him. Now, the whole time, it was going to be one of those classic, uh, are they going to do, you know, George just likes to stick on the ground and do a ground game, and is Ross Pearson going to try and keep it standing up? Pearson, straight outside at the very beginning, he's like, I just want to knock him down. I don't. I don't give a shit. We don't like each other, and I want to beat the shit out of his face. And yeah. he did. And we, it, like he wobbled him at least four or five times uh, to the point where when Stephanopoulos finally got knocked out, it was like, thank God. I'm just glad that's over because it's always the weirdest thing when you see someone's legs start to buckle in a fight. It really is. Just when they lose that control, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, you just will... You feel so weird about it because you know that that's impacted them so hard. Like, imagine getting hit so hard in the face. Your leg wobbles. It just fights adrenaline. Yeah, when does that ever happen? (laughs) Yeah, my leg wobbles for a lot of reasons, though. Like, I'd say there are at least four or five occasions on a daily basis that I I almost wobble. Why does Uh, your leg wobble? is one of them. 
Um, an aggressive throat tickle makes my knees kind of yeah. wobble, and uh, sometimes those go together. And if I stand up too fast after coffee, oddly enough. <laughs> That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Uh, I will say this. So I'm kind of an expert is what I'm saying. Of course you much. are. Uh, Hector Lombard, one interesting thing about him, uh, he called out Michael Bisping, which made me an immediate fan of his. <laughs> was he like, you're overpaid. You shouldn't be a top five grossing fighter. Well, he I was, demand you don't make that much. It was just awesome to see him do that. And uh, over the course of the weekend during a press conference, when asked if the winner of the next Michael Bisping fight gets a shot at Anderson Silva, Dana White just responded, uh, probably. Like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Why would I? Why would I have a plan for the sport's greatest superstar? That's exactly. not my style. The, the weirdest thing about this actual like smashes uh, thing as well was that you could tell they sent their C team. Oh, really? To the UFC, like mm-hmm. production wise, mm-hmm. because they had another event going on in Vegas, which is home base, and since mm-hmm. it's not a pay per view, they don't have all of their A team. Uh, so. <laughs> Essentially, like, they got an announcer who was so happy just to be there. Uh, he, You could tell that Bruce Buffer, like, gives him shit behind the scenes. And is like, you know, you're never going to be good enough. Uh, you're the B team. You're the, just so you know. I would love to go uh, up to somebody and just call them C team. Yeah, it's uh, calling things JV. We don't do that enough. That's good. We should get back to doing that more as a society. I always yeah. like that about us. Hey, you know what else was going on while you were watching the fights and enjoying that? a lovely evening on Friday? No, what's that? I was saving someone's life, Raph. No, you weren't. I was. This is, leg- I've, um, this is the first public discussion I've had about it. So in L.A., you guys don't really ride the Metro, right? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, so no. in D.C., and I'm, I'm told New York is like this also, you know, through, sprinkled throughout the city, you have those wells. Well, we were going in after dinner. It was like 1130 midnight. Go down, and we see, like, somebody clearly vomited everywhere. So we just keep moving past, assuming yeah. someone's drunk. So we roll out. And, of course, at the bottom of the escalators, this guy, like, collapsed. About 10 minutes go by. He was safe. He was just over in the escalator. All of a sudden, I hear this scream. Turn around. Okay. Oh, here's a quick moment to explain. It was also an ugly sweater party, so I was wearing one of those tacky Christmas sweaters right as this happens. Mm. I turn around, hear the scream, and just start running towards, because it's one of those seconds where I knew what had happened. (laughs) Like, I knew someone had gone in. Yeah. So we're at that platform. I am running. I'm about 50 yards away, and there's this guy in a blue shirt, like, screaming bloody murder that he can't get this guy. He can't. He's just screaming. So we get there. Drunk guy has fallen in. Blue shirt guy is trying to get him out, gets down there, realizes he can't, and is kind of stuck now himself because it's too much of a jump, especially because no one else saw this drunk guy fall in. Like, we just didn't see it. So as I'm, like, ten yards away, another guy comes just flying down the steps, jumps in. I arrive. We get drunk guy. We just hoist and throw him. He is unconscious, by the way. Has no idea. Anything's what? happening. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, still can't be bothered to wake up. Uh, then we get blue shirt guy out. The lights are there. Like the train is arriving. So this is all happening okay. like 10 seconds while the train, it's really a bond moment. 
we throw everybody up, and the last like thing is like hoisting the guy that jumped down, the white shirt guy, as I've called him, up, and the train comes to a screeching halt right at us. So we just barely got up in time because Are the train serious? didn't stop in time. Yeah. It was insane. Whoa. Instantly it was flooded with like two metro police officers that were like, oh my god. Because obviously the driver had seen what was happening and just couldn't stop in time. Because they also have a whole train filled with people. Um, so And then we just got on the train Batman style and left. It was great. This sounds entirely It's not. Great. It's not. I have witnesses. There were people. Um, it was great. It was actually kind of a cool moment because four strangers, like, immediately came to... Because there was another guy that arrived even by after I did to help. And this all happened in, like, 15, 20 seconds. It was a real Baywatch moment. Like, I threw my jacket. But, again, I was running in an ugly Christmas sweater. So, take it for what you want. <laughs> and as... And it just kind of it just kind of happens, and uh, it's a good moment that like four people were just like, "No, we're we're gonna we're gonna save this guy's life," and we just drug him out, and that was it. Here's what I think actually happened. Okay, I think you're saying it's the end of a party, right? I'm saying it's the end of the evening. I think what happened is, yeah, the end of the evening. So you you guys have had a few drinks, right? Okay, you've had a few drinks. You've clearly watched. The major motion picture, Money Train, starring Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, and Jennifer Lopez, uh, concocted that so drunkenly in your brain as something that happened when a bum came up to you and said, do you have change for a dollar? That's what happened. I swear. In my I'm brain. not a... I would cop to it if I was exaggerating. This is all real time. What were you doing Friday? Because like it sounds like you're projecting. Were you rescuing well, fathers was, of was, possibly four and seven children? We don't know how many kids he could have had. Could have been 20, Raph. What were you doing? That's, that's unfair. Just saying. I will say this. On Friday night, I was actually doing the job that one of us should do and watch the fights. You were watching the fights? Just you were at home with a pencil yeah, and well, a pad the other and paper? Thing that really sucks. Is, okay, so. Or were you hosting? I was watching the fights, but we're also. Uh, Hosting a, a party, oh. and I don't know if you guys get this as UFC fans, but there is that weird moment when people who aren't UFC fans give you a strange look. Yeah, judgment look. That like a judgment look when you have it on your TV. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And I'm not forcing anybody to watch it. I'm actually, you know, I'm recording it, so I'm like, we can DVR it, watch it later. But you know, while we're waiting for people, and as people are trickling in, we might as well. I'll just keep it on mute, but I love that look that, like, people just give you, like, you're a psychopath, because you immediately go into, like, defensive mode. It's a, it's a sport, You immediately it's start very telling safe. people. Yeah. You go, oh, statistically, it's safer than boxing. Uh, there's a referee there, and they're like, oh, that's great, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally, totally normal to watch people beat the shit out and of each other. tell me brains. if this always happens to you. At that moment, someone throws an elbow at someone's face. It always happens that way. At, like As I'm like mid being like, yeah. no, this is actually a lot safer than – because I do – everyone does. We're always like, it's actually a lot safer than boxing because it's not as many blows to the head. At that moment, someone always drops a vicious elbow out of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, well, I'm just going to shut the fuck up because it looks <laughs> yeah. really dangerous. Simultaneously though, I think it does give people that uh, that kind of hidden fear about you. As an individual, because yeah. let's face it, as MMA fans, we have sort of embraced the idea that 
we like to see two people knock each other the fuck out to work out some issues. Like that's how we like it done. Right. <laughs> we want we want a right. definition to the end of this conversation. So it does give people a little warning about the type of person they're dealing with. I guess so. The other thing that's always kind of weird is you love when someone explains to you. You're like, no, there is a martial art to it. You know, a lot of these guys are very, very respectable people. Um, you know, they're college graduates. They've they've gone through a lot of training to get here. And then two seconds later when they do the prepackage, on my version, it's always, you know, yeah, I just want to kill a guy because when you step into the <laughs> octagon, you're going out to war and you're ready to die. <laughs> And then you just kind of stand there and go, oh, I think what he needs to say is it's a very, he's, very tough He's saying sport it's a mental chess a match, and he's like, I'm going to kill him. Right. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And that's, yeah. You don't ever see, like, the uh, oh, training no. videos. Jiu-Jitsu of... is all about using the other opponent's force <laughs> against them. And I think what he's saying here, and then cut to him on screen being like, if I get the chance, I'm going to snap his shoulder. <laughs> In half. Yeah. Oh, it God. happens. Okay. So, okay, do you want to move on to the Ultimate Fighters? We're, we're 25 minutes in. Let's, because I still want to yeah, get to let's our beef with Twitter one. and some now of your that jokes. We've, uh, we've assimilated <laughs> the, uh, the forces to all feel the same. Yeah, we've we really info- imposed some gra- gritty opinions. Yeah, <laughs> we're throwing. I love. It. I really hope that somebody tonight just walks away from this uh, podcast and goes, "Yeah, man, me too." <laughs> I hate when people say that, especially when I knock the shit out of them while we're watching. I fight. hate fight judgment. Two years in prison, <laughs> but I did my time. Not everybody's a stereotype. Yeah. Okay. The tough fights seemed even more boring because I noticed both the knockout. And the submission and the fight of the night, none of them went to either the finale, which I told you was going to be boring because of who Colton Smith is. Yes. And, or the Roy Nelson knockout, which also kind of seemed not all that exciting. Here's the biggest problem. Uh, on this fight in particular, uh, first of all, uh, Shane Carwin and Roy Nelson seemed like a fun fight to mm-hmm. watch. It's not something that, like, jumps out at you that says, you have to watch this. But because Roy Nelson's such a larger-than-life caricature of a human being slash blob, whatever you want to call him, it it sounds like something that's at least fun and entertaining, especially considering how much he went the distance with JDS. Yeah, I knew knew who you were talking about. So I bet so did our listeners. They're a savvy crowd. I just wanted to make sure. Well, sometimes. No, yeah, uh, That's so good anyway, broadcasting. I'm just, I'm just having a good time. You just keep going. Thank you. I'm just being thorough, which is also You're good also, broadcasting. It sounds like beating Boom. the mic with a piece of paper. Is that a fact also? Or really? Or is it just impression? Oh, it, I think I was just moving a piece of paper right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, okay. Well, keep going. You're good. All right. I'm going to yell into this I know. Mic I'll stop oh, interrupting you. I'm getting I'm, uh, Sorry. I'm in Rev's head. That's another segment we're doing. Getting in Rev's head. <laughs> You're, you're not my dad. You don't tell me how to podcast. Your father, yeah, that's a, dad had a lot of opinions about podcasts. God bless him. Oh, definitely. My dad calls me up every day. That podcast you do with <laughs> shit, son. Thanks, dad. Uh, so anyway, okay. So you you have that idea, Carwin Nelson fun mm-hmm. fight. Okay, I guess I'll see it. Oh wait, Carwin's not going to be on it. Who's going to be on it? Oh, this dude named Matt Mitchell. Who's that? Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> 
Someone, please tell me who yeah. he is. Oh, I don't know? You don't know? Great. Let's <laughs> waste our time to watch this. And, of course, Roy Nelson It sounds like out. a wonderfully enthralling fight. I, I, uh, so between that... I saw the post-fight and presser. Then, it was awful. T- it was so boring. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, I was excited to see Melvin Gillard and Jamie Varner <laughs> fight. And then they pull it. There's a giant post that goes up that says... Varner fell ill and was reportedly not able to compete. He had waited all the way up essentially until when the fight was about to happen. And he had been thrown up the whole time and they said, eh, We're not going to let him fight. Nah, not tonight. Yeah. That's tough, man. Because, you know, I just like the idea that <laughs> he was like, I'm good. I'm good. Well done, like, sir. You're not good. You're vomiting right now. Like, you didn't even get through that sentence. You vomited twice. That's got to be such a great like <laughs> bit of trying to convince the doctor that you're okay. It's like, no, doc, I swear to God, I'm ready to fight right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I get nervous. I'm a nervous puker. Yeah, and you know he looked like I have death. so much anxiety, doc. <laughs> He's all sunken yeah. in. Uh, he probably looked like the missing cast member from Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah, an extra. And is probably trying to, like... Convince the doc. He's just like, no, I don't want to be a pussy doc. But wait, you know, I've been trying to lose weight. I think I'm gonna pass out. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll be back in a second. <laughs> Comes back yeah. up, just coughing and see. I'm fine. I'm still fine. It's all. I'm a. I'm a nervous fainter too. Sometimes I also <laughs> faint when I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, but it made me think so, that too. To the point they've got to start publishing you this know that stuff. They've got to start that. showing us these meetings because yeah. this is great stuff. Sorry, keep going. And to be fairly honest, I would pay for that <laughs> angle. Because you know how, like, the UFC shows different yeah. angles that you can see while in the octagon? I'd like to see the angle in these training rooms. I'm, Especially if they're not going to give you the fight. At least I'm give with you. That. I love the training room. I love the advice and the moments, oh, yeah. that, the moments leading into it. I'm with you. There was a great moment, though, uh, when George St. Pierre was in... Uh, was in Ricci's uh, <laughs> backdrop. Like, he's in the, the, the training room with him, and it just shows him. And it just shows him wearing a camouflage hat, and he looked beyond pissed that you could find him in that camouflage hat. <laughs> he was hoping it would keep him hidden? Oh, I, I think. I don't know. You gotta ask GSP. I'm, I'm not inside uh, his head. I think he's on GSP. Or, are you there? What did you think of the hat? I think we had him calling. Oh, hi. Sometimes I stand around uh, on standby just in case you want to talk to me, GSP. Uh, yes, I wore camouflage hat because Love having him. I wanted... GSP. <laughs> Why are you talking when Wait, I talk? Why'd you wear a camouflage hat? Oh, because I wanted a common disguise. Oh, Wait, a disguise? You really thought it would hide your head? Yeah, I just saw Harry Potter. It was good okay. when he wore invisible cloak. I said, okay, I play a prank on UFC. Then they put camera on me. I smile. I go, ah, you found me. <laughs> Life is so nice in George St. Pierre's head. I love it in there. Raph, are you back? Did you did you hear? You're validated. He, uh, he did think he was going to be invisible. Well... I mean, if you've won that many fights, I'm pretty sure you get to think you're invisible, too. 
That's crazy. George St. Pierre. Uh, huge Harry Potter fan, it turns out, too. So, quick plug for J.K. Rowling and that up-and-coming Harry Potter series. they need that. Uh, let's make sure that's on. I'm just doing that so I can tag Harry Potter <laughs> in the uh, iTunes tags when we put the show up. That's going to be so great when a poor little kid who like wants to learn about literature hears us talking about why we're psychopaths for watching The Ultimate Fighter. <laughs> and smashes. I'm gonna get a good twenty minutes on that. Yep. So, Re- Ricci, uh, from what it sounded like, he just got held down pretty much the entire fight. Couldn't get out of it. Yeah, you couldn't be Colton. more right about Colton Smith. What a super boring, boring fighter, and he looked like he had a lot of uh, strength and being able to like out wrestle Ricci, um, and I guess a good strategy. But myself and I was so happy to know that people on Twitter felt the exact same way because for a while I was wondering here, I'm like, am I the only one who thinks that this is boring? Like he's literally just grinding down on him and it was, it didn't make for a good fight at all. And all of his fights in the ultimate fighter were like that too. And what, how many shots did they have of him being a soldier and how many times did he make a comment about it? Uh, well from the get go, from the get go, when they do the prepackage, it's like, I fight for the troops, uh, which is intense. I think sometimes when he, he eats, it's for the troops. Um, when he goes out uh, to take a piss, it's for the troops. Like, when I, he has I think a he, solid BM, yeah. it's for the men and women in uniform. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I think he's just really consistent. <laughs> he's, got a great, he's got a great constitution. So... That's all. We're ready to move past. We didn't even make predictions. That's how kind that, of yeah. uh, unenthused we were about some of these fight cards. But you had to get them done. And now we get to move on to what's sure to be a much more exciting season of The Ultimate Fighter. Oh, God, I'm hoping so. Um, I don't know. I, I, I will say the the small, very small highlights, uh, if you are looking to go like look this up later, um, definitely go look up Hugo Vienna or Viana. Uh, he had a great post-fight conference where he referred to Dana White as Mr. Dana. Mr. Dana. I want to thank Mr. Dana. And I, I was done. <laughs> uh, Rustam Kabalov. Uh, he had a great, great set of uh, Sambo suplexes to the point where he looked like a combination of of, like, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle literally just going to town on German suplexes. It looked fake because he was getting such efficient suplexes done. Um, But he ended up essentially ending the fight via one of the German suplexes and, like, a follow-up punch. It was awesome. So look up that highlight, if you will. Uh, Look up Mike Pyle, if you will, as well. Mike Pyle, not just for the knockout, but more so just for the mullet he sported. He's rocking a mean mullet. Do you ever get jealous of fighters because of what they can get away with? Of what personal they can style get away wise? with personal style wise. Like you see a guy with yeah. a mullet, you go, "Up, oh, he's a fighter." You see me rocking a mullet, they're like, "Something's happened to Raph. He's snapped." <laughs> Raph is lost complete touch with reality. I think it's all that His UFC he's watching. Mullet? Yes, he's into those violent things. Yep. I don't know. So. 
speaking of violent things, we are in a current little fight with Twitter, but it's a great time to go into they're upset about our activity. Yeah. Uh, just to sum it up, instead of the long version. We'll give you some. Raph, tell, give me some highlights from Twitter. Okay. What happened? Give me some of your best tweets of the evening. Yeah, Twitter was being a dick. Let's just put it at that. But we're great yeah. with them now. They're a wonderful service. They promote our our, uh, our, our nice little show over here. Uh, yeah, so throughout the night, I uh, tweeted uh, both nights because I'm, again, the responsible one of this duo. Thank God. Yeah, someone's got to be, rough man. One. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, You're we captain of this vessel. So. <laughs> I like the idea, though, that both of us say that, and then, like, if the show were ever to, like, be floundering and, like, sinking, both of us are going to be like, it was totally Kevin. Yeah, I'm, oh, no, excuse me? <laughs> I'll be blaming you as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> um... But yeah, we we had some nice interaction with some fans uh, this weekend. We actually got our 300th Twitter follower. Uh, his name is nice. Richie Dinning. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, Richie. We hope you are listening to this. If you are not, then that means in the next episode we're just going to make fun of you. Because who's yeah, stopping us? It's going to be all how much we hate Richie. Exactly. <laughs> God, stupid Richie. Thanks, he's so awesome. So high and mighty about his twittering. Uh, let's do a few. Uh, so first, uh, let's. What is this? Twitter jokes, raft jokes, raft us. Yeah. All right. A little. So you were saying like uh, you had some really funny ones. I thought All the right. uh, Bruce Buffer one, especially. All right. I'll, I'll read you a few. Uh, okay. We now are at a segment we like to call Raft's Twitter jokes. <laughs> Alright, joke number one. Uh, the reason Kavilov did so many suplexes in this fight, his training team dared him to. Reminder, never challenge Kavanov to kill a man. Is that true? Yeah, no. He, <laughs> How did he really, he was like, uh, my team dare me, I suplex. Yeah. That's just a That's terrifying. terrifying thing to tell someone. <laughs> just like, That's terrifying. I do like the don't ever tell him to kill someone. What if his corner did that on accident? <laughs> They'll rip his heart out. It's like, okay. Call him on him. Huh? <laughs> Call him on him now. That's dangerous. It is dangerous. Uh, another tweet. Uh, let's take a guess. How many black sleeve shirts do you think Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg own between the two of them? Oh my god, it's I'm I'm guessing twenty-four thousand, give or take. I actually I took the under on that. I thought it was just one. <laughs> and that they just keep watching just... it. And Okay, yeah. This is why we work so well together, Raph. We both see the other side. I assume that's all they own, and you <laughs> assume that's the only thing they own. I like that uh great comedic approaches there. I just like the Occasionally idea. they have a little bling too. Oh, well that's weird. what I was about to say. I was like you know, you're tempted to say they own more than one shirt, but then you realize that Joe Rogan probably goes home and bedazzles it and dresses it up and dresses it down because he wants those jewels to go in the shape of an angry dragon. Uh, that's impossible because he hasn't done a 20 minute PSA during a fight about bedazzlers. And Not yet. if you believed in them, you know he'd do it. Next Twitter update. <laughs> uh, God. Congrats to Mike Pyle, not on his win, for an amazing power mullet. Even Bono had to hang his head in shame for the power of that mullet. Boom. <laughs> in the name of love was the name of that tweet. 
Yeah. This was something that was stupid. Okay, no, but this is a real gripe. Mike Ricci's fight, uh, when he was going into it uh, for the Ultimate Fighter finale, the package that they put together for him had more time dedicated to him training with his girlfriend than actually training with the fight. Training with his girlfriend? Just the, what did that? What does that mean? They just showed her a lot. Oh yeah, it was just the two of them going on a date. Is she really hot? She was pretty good looking. Oh well, asked and answered. Then we know exactly what they were. Thinking. Yeah, they were probably like, "This girl endorses yeah. MMA." Huh? Yeah, Ladies. she's a huge fan. Even though Mike Ricci's obviously not your average-looking MMA fighter. No, and I love that. Like at one point, it shows him just looking at her and like pouring out wine and being like, "Wine." But it's so epically cheesy. He does talk slow and creepy. Yeah. No, these are, is this uh, is there a Twitter update that comes off this, or is this just you're seeing it and remembering? Uh, no, th- that was a Twitter uh, update. I think we might have actually okay. gotten a retweet on that one. So nice. Yeah, it was. It does sound like that surprised me because they never show the girlfriends. They always show like one clip of even the champions' wives, yeah. just barely. They always show like one obligatory family scene. Uh, this one was one of my favorites. Uh, you think the UFC could spring for a better Ultimate Fighter trophy? Then something you can buy from your local Things Remembered store. <laughs> I swear things Remembered, though. Yeah. Another great shout-out. Uh, <laughs> here's the Things Remembered. Thank you for all of the work like, you've done, but so I sad. agree. We're Let's never going to have a fucking cool. sponsor. I think we just need to <laughs> accept it and own it. Uh, this one was good. Uh, next tweet. Do you think before he goes to sleep each night, Bruce Buffer tells himself, It's... Time to get some Z's. I saw this tweet and I loved it because then all I could think about it was him doing that for everything. Yeah. He's like putting a load of laundry in the dryer <laughs> and he turns them both on and is like, in the right corner, we've got a dryer with a 60 minute spin cycle. And in the left, the water tornado. And I, I just, that's all I could think about him doing. I, he just goes to the restroom. He's like, I hope he does. I really do. I feel so sorry for his wife. (laughs) It's just, there's also microphones in every living room that drop down from the ceiling. Actually, that's amazingly cool. I would, I would live every moment of that. Um, I will say I got the chance to meet. Someone should put that on Pinterest. Yeah. I got the chance to meet Buffer once and he was so nice. And do you guys make out? What's that? Did you guys make out? Did you try and kiss him? No, I'm not going to make out with I him. I would. I would try and kiss him. I would be like, I got to I gotta try those lips out. Come here, Bruce. That's what you use on your time with Michael Buffer. He's going to remember me. Oh, my God. You want to get from Michael Buffer? Weird. <laughs> Michael Buffer. I'm sorry. Bruce Buffer. I don't know what you want to do with Bruce. Uh, but I love that with Bruce Buffer, like, he really owns it. And he, like, was talking to me about his craft. And he gets it. He gets that it's, like, silly, so he's just kind of like, yeah, I went to go do this one uh, radio voiceover, and you know how it goes. You know when I when I do this. And I told him I was a fan. I was like, yeah, I'm familiar. I see the way you do it. I love your 180 spin whenever you announce somebody. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, yeah, yeah, I totally get into it. And, you know, you really got to go for it sometimes. And so that's, that's the takeaway I've taken away from Bruce Buffer. But I, I love it. I like I the idea him. that if, you know, 
he's making food with his wife and uh, it's about to be finished and the microwave's about to go off. You could just see him counting down the seconds just so he can yell it out. And as like his daughter's boyfriend arrives, he's like, let's go over the rules one more time. <laughs> nice clean, just Noah's here. I'm... This round will be scored by me and Mila. <laughs> and, and Cecil Tetsu Peoples. Me All and right. Cecil Peoples, uh, always. If you want to give us one more. Sure, I can do one for you. Uh, but I'm going to need some assistance uh, from GSP. Do we have him on the line still? Uh, yep, he's, he, well, of course, he's in studio just listening. GSP, could you chime in again? Yeah, I'm here. Hold on. Uh, Raph, you just let me know when we're going to do that thing. Okay. We, w- we will. We'll. Um, can you... I'm going to afford you. Can you read this? Okay. The tweet says, GSP to Richie later that evening. You want me just to read this right here? Uh, yeah, if you could do that. You bring much shame to Canada. You no longer have hot girlfriend. I take her now. She is mine. <laughs> GSP out. Thank you, GSP. Oh. That was that was really good. He emailed Thank you. the, yeah. the comment yeah, no, on that. Yeah, he's great. He, one take. He's awesome. Thanks, GSP. <laughs> uh, good work. He's uh, now this I know why they call him so, Rush. GSP will steal your girlfriend if you're a Canadian and you lose in the Ultimate Fighter. Sure. Do not. Do not. Do not. Bet GSP your girlfriend. No, I'm not going to let him. I would never mm-hmm. let him near anyone important to me uh, that I didn't want swooned. Yep. He's so he's such a sweet talker. Yeah. Hear the way he rolls his R's <laughs> every time. All right, that's uh, that's pretty much it. You have anything else you want to you want to say while we're? Sure, we'll do a couple quick little small things uh, before I forget to. The other thing I, I noticed with uh, the B and C teams this weekend on both yeah. of these Ultimate Fighter things was the fact that uh, they seem to not be really good at getting camera angles. Especially, I think it was last night's on uh, the Ultimate Fighter finale, cameramen just kept getting in the way and getting, like, essentially pushed around by the fighters. Are you serious? Yeah, they were, like, at one point, uh, somebody was, like, going back to the cage, and the, the guy was too close, and he saw the camera shake. Um it was just, it was funny more than anything, but that's how you can tell you're like, oh, C team. Womp, womp. <laughs> uh, the other one that was really interesting was everybody was super emotional. Um, you know, you could understand uh, the shooting that happened this, this week was awful oh, and, uh, yeah. it, nobody feels good about it. Uh, and they did reference it a lot, but maybe none more so than Pat Berry, who after his win against, uh, Shane Delzario has a great knockout. And then starts talking about hugging your kids, and he gave Joe Rogan a hug, and it was so hard to shit on him because he was giving out such pure emotion, um, until you remember, he just knocked a guy out. Knocked him completely unconscious. Like, what better call for, like, (laughs) peace? Everybody needs to appreciate the person next to them, uh, (laughs) unless they're getting paid a large sum of money to... And that person's consciousness, in which Everybody case... Everybody, appreciate the person who's standing next to you until I knock him out. But then really appreciate them after that. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, no, I... I it's, uh, it's a mixed bag, because you yeah. want sports to 
pay homage to what's going on around it. Like you want that out of out of your athletic events, but it's yeah. still. I agree with you. It's like everything uh, feels you a little just weird. Pummeled someone so, to near death. So that's maybe. why we're hoping you guys who are listening with us, uh, we gave you something to to think about that wasn't exactly that. Because I know yeah. at some point you just don't want to read it anymore. No, it's uh, it's time to distract. And frankly, this show's not serious enough to talk about such serious things. So no, just, we're too uh, stupid. You know, tragedies. We. Thoughts, thoughts, and prayers with everyone. Of course, um, and I think you guys, uh, you're gonna miss us because uh, we're not gonna be back until the next fight, which is UFC 155. It's gonna be in a little while, yeah. So you guys get a nice uh, Christmas break. Everybody uh, gets a good holiday, yep, a good or, retreat. Uh, I'm going to Kansas. Hanukkah. Oh, you're going to Kansas? That's great. Yeah, I'm actually going to train at some uh, different jiu-jitsu gyms too while I'm there. Just uh, some places some friends go to. I'm looking forward to it. Well done, man. That's great. Yeah. I am uh, just going to eat and get fat. And enjoy sunny L.A. Christmas. Uh, you know, it's cold here, man. It's breaking the 60s out here. I hate you so much. <laughs> breaking the 60s. Uh, thank you, everyone, for the iTunes downloads, the uh, website visits. We are really appreciating the, the little bit of momentum. So um, true, Thank you to Studio MMA, the uh, folks over at BJJ and MMA Academy, everybody that's just taken some time to uh, listen to it, give us some feedback, and we promise to just keep getting better with only momentary lapses. <laughs> yeah, like when uh, Kevin can't remember where he is on there a Friday are, night. There are going to be some times when that'll happen. <laughs> it, it does come with the territory. Oh, that's it for Verbal Tap. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is Kevin Raff. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Good fight. Boom! Not a performance. No, no, I'm not repeating. Just a boom. Boom! No, no, I'm not repeating. Just a boom. Boom! Oh, now it's not, it's not over again. Well, the stupid part is boom! And I know you're gonna fucking play this at the end, so whatever. I am not a performance. Boom! <laughs> well, the stupid part is boom, <laughs> and I know you're gonna fucking play this at the end. Oh, so it's, it's, not, it's not over yet. Boom, boom. I am not a boom. I'm amazing. And you're welcome. These are going to be the phrases that get me, like, in my political career when I change <laughs> modes that won't get me elected. So, yay. Yep.